The following audio is from The Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Well, good morning and welcome to The Grove. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before, my name is Ryan, one of the pastors on staff. Stoked that you're here today. Also wanna say good morning to those tuning in live online. Glad that you are here today as well. I trust that Eli and Kristen took great care of you. And I'm stoked as we're continuing in our message series entitled, This is Church. Um, And if you're joining us for the very first time and you happen to miss specifically last week uh, of this message series, I would highly encourage you to go to our website, grove.church, click on media and listen to last week. Or if you've downloaded that church app, um, which you can do at any of your app stores, um, whether you're Android or Apple, you can find it under media there as well. But Pastor Nick did a great job kind of giving the history of the Grove Church, also had the name Marysville First Assembly, same church, just a name change we did back in 2013. But the history and the involvement and the impact that this church has been making for decades and decades and decades. So if you miss that, the history of this church specifically, highly encourage you to go back and take a listen to that. Also wanna give you a basic premise of what this message series is about when we say this is church. If you've been around for any amount of time, you've probably heard us say this thousands of times. Okay, that might be an exaggeration, but you've probably heard this a lot. We say it like this in this idea and in this theme of what church is. The church is what we say. The church is not a building. The church is not even the organization of the church, pastors and staff and and the board, right? That's not what the church is, right? The church is you and I, the body on mission together to impact our community. That's what the church is. It's a movement of Jesus, Right, one of our code actually speaks to this. Code uh, is what we call our core values as a church. They used to be up on uh, one of the walls in the lobby, but we've been doing some uh, construction um, and some demolition and different things, so they're not up there right now. But one of our codes says this in the theme of what it means to be the church, talking about you and I on mission together, the body of Christ in unity. We say this, says that we sacrifice, right? Talks about that we as a body of church uh, on a movement together, we sacrifice. We give up things we love for things we love even more. That first part of that statement is basically to say we have priorities, right? You and I interchangeably use the word love for many different things, right? But it has different meanings. On one hand, I could say that I love chicken wings, which I do. You give me a gift card to Buffalo Wild Wings, I'm a happy boy, all right? I love chicken wings, okay? I also say I love my kids. I love my kids with a different level of love than I love chicken wings, okay? (laughs) Right? But when it comes to the church, what we're talking about is you and I, a body of believers on mission together, we give up things we love prioritize for things we love even more. It's an idea of prioritizing what's important. I'm gonna play this out for you in just a moment. The last part of this code that guides as a value for our church, it says that the church does not exist for us. In the context of what so many have thought the church is throughout history, a building, a place, an organization of employees, right? The church does not exist for us. We are the church, you and I, and we exist for the world. Through that perspective, it changes things. Let me give you an illustration of how that plays into the first part, which is we give up things we love for things we love even more. The the premise is when you and I understand that we're the church and we're on mission to make an impact in our community, that the greatest thing that we could do is be on mission with Jesus, right? That's our purpose as a church, the great commission that he gave. Right, and as a people, we understand that it's not about, the church doesn't exist for us. It's not about, oh, somebody took my parking spot. Not somebody sitting in my seat in the auditorium because I always sit in this spot. It's not, it's, it's not about what we can get from church. It changes to what can we do to be a part of the church and what can we give. Now, pause for a moment. That doesn't mean that we don't get, does it? 
right? Like so many things with God, when we give, we end up, when we do it with the right heart, whether it's our finances, our time, or whatever it is that we have to give, we always end up getting more than we give. So the idea is that that doesn't mean we don't get, doesn't mean that we don't build relationships when we come to church. Do you get when you come? Yes. Do you get teaching and encouragement when you need it? Yes. Do you get a challenge and a word to help shape where you're going with love and care? The Bible talks about rebuking and correction. Do you get that? Yes. Are your kids in Grove Kids or students? Right, we get when we come, but the purpose changes with the perspective that we come at it. The church doesn't exist for us. We're going to get those things, but now we come with an understanding that we are the church and we exist for the world. If you have your Bibles with you, I want to encourage you to turn them to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. Or if you have that Bible app, you can open that up as well and follow along. But as you're turning there, I want to set the stage for today. Because the installment of This Is Church is going to be different messages on what it means to be the church. And specifically for today, if I were to give this uh, message a title, I would call it the purpose and the potential of the church. And we just talked about the purpose, right? We just understood that we are all a body of believers on mission together, ultimately like the great commission that Jesus gave his disciples, go into all the world and preach the good news about Jesus. Let them know that there is a grace available to them because of sin and it's a free gift. And it says to make disciples. That's our mission as a church, not just the pastors, not just the staff, not just those with a Bible degree, all of us, our mission when we go into our workplaces, our mission when we go into our neighborhoods, our mission when we are at school, our mission is to impact and be a light to people around us. And so to help set this up, I wanna now focus on what the potential of the church is. We know our purpose. Now here's the potential. I wanna illustrate it this way. In this cup, I have some apple seeds. Now when I hold this up, you're probably not gonna be able to see it very well. Why? Because this apple seed is very small. Now this apple seed has potential in it. Now to somebody who doesn't understand the principle of sowing and reaping, which most of us do, but if they weren't, they might look at this apple seed and if I ask the question, what potential does it have? They might say, well, it's pretty small, so it probably doesn't have a lot of potential to make any kind of difference. But you and I know, whether you're a gardener at home and you're doing fruits and veggies and plants and all that kind of stuff, or just the basic premise of, of what the potential that lies, you know that the potential in this seed is to produce what? An apple tree, right? A big apple tree. It grows from this tiny thing into a big apple tree that when reaching full potential would produce fruit season after season after season. Are you tracking with me so far? There is a potential in this seed regardless of its size. But if I just left this seed sit on this table and did nothing else to it, it would just remain a seed, right? There are some basic requirements or ingredients absolutely critically necessary for that seed to reach its potential, isn't there? Right, if we just left this seed here for 50 years and came back, it'd still be a seed sitting right here if nothing else happened to it. But to unlock the potential in that very tiny seed, it requires three major things, okay? These are non-negotiables. There are some other things that, that help with the process as well, but three critical, you cannot not have these and unlock the potential in that seed. What's the first one? What's the first thing I need to do to a seed for it to reach, have the ability to reach its potential? It's gotta go in soil. Or somebody say soil, absolutely. Right, the first thing you need for this seed to reach its potential is it needs to be planted in soil. And the truth is, is if we left that for 50 years and left and did nothing else to it and came back and looked at it, it may have sprouted, it may be, a certain size, but most likely would be dead. Why? Because that soil is gonna end up drying up and become hard, right? So you'd have a dead, very small sapling at best. 
because there's a second critical ingredient required for that seed to reach its potential. What, what's the next thing a seed needs after it's been planted in soil? Water, absolutely. Right, that seed has got to have water to reach its full potential, okay? That's water, it's a real thing, it's the real deal. And there's one more critical element that you must have for a seed to unlock its full potential. What is it? Sunlight. Now certainly maybe you could, somebody could argue artificial light. I know some things are grown that way. Hopefully you're not growing anything in your house with artificial light. That's another topic <laughs> for another day. But three things that a seed must have to reach and unlock its potential is soil, water, and sunlight. Now hang with me. Like a seed, the church has Potential. What's the church? Not a building, not an organization. You and me on mission together in unity has potential. Regardless of how big the church is, regardless of how many people call it home, regardless of how the big the building is, that church, like a seed, has potential and, like a seed, requires three absolute necessary ingredients for it to unlock its potential. Like a seed requires soil the first ingredient necessary for the church to reach its potential is the supernatural empowerment of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If we're just running an organization, we're a group of people doing good things, we will only do as good as we are humanly possible to do, right? We can do the natural, but with God, we can do the supernatural, right? Well, on our own, we can do normal, right? But with God, we can do incredible, incredible things. But like a seed, it requires the supernatural empowerment of God. The second ingredient that the church requires to reach and unlock its full potential, like a seed requires water, is the church needs great leadership. All throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, you see God place leaders in place. In the Old Testament, it was leaders, it was kings, it was prophets, it was judges. In the New Testament, you have apostles and pastors that begin to lead the new uh, first century church. And, and, and I wanna say it this way. Yes, my lead pastors are sitting in the front row, and while you might think that I'm just brown-nosing when I say this, I wanna preface it with this. I'm gonna be serious. I don't mince words when I preach. If you've ever heard me preach before, you know that I'm willing to tell you the truth because I love you enough. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. I'm gonna call it what it is. In fact, I felt bad because the last few times that I've spoke on here, I felt like, hey, thanks, Ryan, for the encouraging message, right? They were challenging, like, you, we, we, you know, we have to get real with what God's doing. So I felt bad, so I'm just gonna call it. We have great leadership in this church in our lead pastors, Nick and Heather. Now, let me say something. The, the, the weight that they carry and how much they love you, I will tell you, nobody understand what it's like to lead an organization until that weight is on your shoulders. If it was up to them, they'd be at every single one of your family functions from the most exciting right, to, to the hardest that you have to walk through. They can't obviously capacity-wise do that because our church is too large, but that's the heart that they have. I will tell you, I hear stories of churches all over the place. I am very grateful for the leaders that we have at our church. Now, notice what I said, great leaders, not perfect leaders. They don't exist, right? There are not perfect leaders on this earth. We all make mistakes, right? The only perfect person ever to, uh, to walk this earth is Jesus. I'm just simply saying we have great leaders. So like a seed requires soil, water to reach its potential, and light, the church requires the empowerment and the supernatural empowerment of God, great leadership. And here's the one where I wanna to land today because it's the most important. For the church to unlock and reach its full potential, it requires the body, you and I, willing and able and functioning in our gifts, in unity and on mission together. 
Let me say it as clear as I can say it. This church will never reach its full potential if it's just Nick and I and the pastors and the staff. We cannot do it. We will never function to the degree that we could or have the impact that we can in Marysville, surrounding cities, and Snohomish County without your help. And in fact, I want to springboard off this because it's not just a great idea that I have. It's actually scriptural. I had you turn there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the Apostle Paul who's writing a letter to the church at Corinth, a church much like this church. Yes, thousands of years ago. Yes, culturally in a different place, but, but facing some of the same situations and, and, and elements that we face and with the same mission and commission from Jesus as far as what our job is to do, right? The purpose that we're there. And Paul says this. He says, starting in verse 12, he says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves and some are free, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that not make it any less part of the body? Or if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are the ones that we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put together the body in such an extra, I'm um, sorry. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, then all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. First apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others. Pause for a moment. Another translation says the gift of administration, right? Those that have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret those languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. What Paul is using is an illustration that you and I fully well would understand, which is how the body, our physical human body functions together. Which if you stop and think about it, I was pretty blown away uh, when I took an anatomy physiology class. I mean, these are just the basic parts of the body. Hands have a purpose, feet have a purpose, knees have a purpose, elbows have a purpose, your ears, your nose, your eye, everything has a purpose. The body is a pretty <clears throat> incredible, miraculous machine when you start to think about it. You start to go deeper into cells and veins and all of these things that make the body work. It's incredible. And Paul is using this picture and saying the body of Christ, you and I together on mission together is meant to function the same way. It's how God ordained it all to be. We will never achieve our purpose if it's just left to the organization, if it's just left to the pastors, if it's just left to the staff. We are all created 
purposefully and in the place of the gift that we bring to function. And what happens is, is just like it's a little facetious as Paul is saying this, I kind of laugh at it a little bit, but what a beautiful picture when he says, you and I saying as the body of Christ, like, man, God can never use me. I mean, I could never preach on stage like Nick does. Man, I, I could never do something. I could never sing like Heather can and lead worship. I can't play an instrument. We put these parts of the body that we think have more honor. And because we compare ourselves to it, it's like he says, you know, the eye saying, well, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not this. Well, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not that. And we do that so often because we look at other gifts that people have and we think that the potential that we have either is non-existent or it's so small. Our potential is so small because of whatever our gift is. And Paul is saying, nah, it takes all of us on mission together to reach the full potential, which is the mission that God has given all of us. And this idea of using your gift is as simple as jumping in and finding a way, how can you be on mission with God? If this is your home church and this is your church family, the question is how can you jump in and be a part? Because I'm here to tell you, I need you on my team. I need you on my team, like, like the playground and two captains picking team. Remember that? It's giving us some of those flashbacks of like, oh, please, God, don't let me be the last one picked, right? <laughs> We're picking you to be on the team. God has already chosen you to be on the team. And all I'm asking you to do is to trust what he has in you and to take that step because it changes your life. You might not think what you could do is gonna make a, a lick of difference, but I'm here to tell you the potential that lies inside of you because of the way God ordained it is incredible. And for me, when I took a step when I was 15 and a half years old, gave my life to Jesus, realized I was a person in need of a savior, that I had sin. And I was so excited about the gift of grace that was available freely to me that I wanted other people to know. And I had a youth group that I was involved in. And I felt those same feelings, those hurdles of, well, I can't lead worship like that kid can. I can't play drums like that. I can't speak like those people do. But God, I'm just willing to take a step. I'll come. And I used to show up to my youth pastor on Wednesdays and just say, do you need me to make copies for you for a thing we're doing tonight? I'll run to the store for you if, if there's some, some supplies for the you know, game we're gonna play. I mean, just how can I help? A simple little step like that changed my life forever. The, the value that I felt inside, the, the relationships and the friendships that I built, being a part of something that's bigger than myself. And I'll tell you this, it led me, it's not everybody's story, but it led me into this profession and calling in my life as a pastor. At 5, 10, 15 years old, I didn't say, man, I'm going to be a pastor when I get older. My dad wasn't a pastor. My grandpa wasn't a pastor. My great-grandpappy wasn't a pastor. I'm a first-generation minister, but it was a simple step saying, God, I'll give you whatever I have. It doesn't seem like it's much, but I'm willing to step out whatever and to see what he does with it is incredible. But here's the deal. I know that I'm a pastor, and so for some of you, it's like, eh, it still seems like you got a motivation here, right? you got spots to fill, and that's why you're saying this. We always have spots to fill, but I don't want you just to take my word for it, how powerful serving can be, what it can do in you, because here's the principle with God. We always get more than we can ever give. With my gift, I knew that I always was gonna get more than I would ever, what it did in me was more than the little thing that I could ever add, but that little thing that I could add was exponentially more than I could ever imagine through God, but I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to hear from some people in our church who serve faithfully every single month Check out this video. My first official position uh, was when I was about four years old. My grandpa drove uh, the church van to pick up uh, people who were shut in, couldn't drive to church, and um, it was my job to ride along, and every time we'd stop at somebody's house, I would hop out of the van with a step stool so that they could climb up into the van a little easier. And I was out in the lobby one day, and. 
Nick looked at me and said, Schmitty, how would you like to serve on the Usher team? And I looked at Nick and said, well, I guess I'd love to. I got really connected and when I was a youth, when I started high school, um, I've been serving, take, I took all the serving opportunities I could in my youth group. Um, I was impacted by so many leaders that were just helping me and some of the hardest times in my life, they were there for me, building relationships with me and ultimately leading me in a path where I got to build my relationship with God. I enjoy serving with kids because uh, they just, light up your day when you serve with them. They're so much fun. I really get a big kick out of it because they uh, they can they can just uh, cause all kinds of smiles. For the last eight years or so, I've been involved in the host team. It's not a natural thing for me. I'm an introvert by nature, but we're all called to crucify the flesh a little bit, and that, so that's what I had to do. And I've learned to love God's people even more. About Three years ago, we got the, the call up on the screen asking if any anybody wanted to volunteer for any of the teams. I put on there that uh, I'd be happy to be on any of the teams, at which point I was pounced on by almost all of the teams. But uh, Evan, Evan uh, managed to catch me for a media team, so I've been doing uh, camera work since then. For me, I mean, I'm, I'm more of an introvert, so doing, <laughs> doing the greeting at the doors and stuff helped me, like, basically come out of my shell, I guess, and start talking to more people and getting to know more people. and Just the kids. I love working with the kids, watching them grow. Something happens when you're volunteering and you see them just freely worship or share ideas, their generosity to one another. It, it just touches me. I think that maybe from me on the parking, you know, making them feel welcome as soon as you got here was a good thing. I love the opportunity to be here and help uh, help bring what's going on here to the folks that aren't ready to come into church yet or just can't. Or even better, some of the folks that we've, uh, we've brought to Christ in other parts of the country that aren't even close. I just have this need for reaching people. Um, you know, <laughs> um, for me, it started with, um, I have a lot of homeless people in my family. And so, um, you know, I never was able to reach them independently, um, even trying year after year. So I shifted my focus to like, okay, well, if I can't save somebody from my, from my blood family, maybe it's not them, maybe it's somebody else. And that, that's the message that I'm getting is, you know, just try to keep reaching people. I think serving with the youth ministry is just so impactful. This next generation, I believe, is just so important for the future of the church, for the future of my ministry that I want eventually want to go into. And the impact it's had on me has just radically changed my life forever. Anybody who knows me knows that I love to decorate and I love to plan parties. I love to just have um, get-togethers where people can connect. And um, I love the carnival because not only was it where I really found my heart here at The Grove, but I love to help plan this huge event that we have. Um, every Halloween, it gives everybody a safe space to come and just have fun and meet with other community members. Uh, we need you, by the way, to volunteer. If you want to volunteer, just you know, give me a call, connect with me, it's fine, text me, find me in the lobby, it's all good. Don't tell my boys this, but the elementary kids are the best age group. They're funny, they're exciting, they're energetic. Their ideas when you ask them a question I mean, they just blow me away every time with 
how much they know and how articulate they are with what they want and how they express themselves. They're just so fun. And in security, you get to see the things that happen at a different perspective when you're only working security. If something happens, we're there to uh, intervene and uh, keep the church safe. Music is my gift. Everybody has a gift. I don't know what it is. Sometimes we feel like our gifts are small, um, but I'm always reminded of a little boy with his lunch, and that's all he had to give, and Jesus did supernatural things with it. Um, so whatever it is, um, even if you don't know what it is, I encourage you to step out, do something, and just watch what God could do with it. This is church. It takes all of us for we to win. It takes all of us on mission as a body together, willing to use our gift. These are just normal individuals, just like you. Some of them started out by taking a step into an area that was outside of their comfort zone. I love how Ike shares that, man, I'm an introvert by nature, so to be a greeter on the host team and welcome people in has stretched me out of my natural comfort zone. But man, what it's done in me, right? The idea of letting God take the uncomfortable and turn it into something incredible. This is church. Let me say it again. We can't accomplish our mission. We cannot reach our full potential without you. God has ordained that you play a part and our body won't function. We'll be missing something integral if you're not a part of it. And so I want to make this real practical, right? We always talk about the, you know, when we preach on Sundays, we want to make a, a practical next steps that you can take in your journey and your relationship with Jesus. And so I'm going to be bold today, and I'm going to ask you that if you're not serving somewhere, regardless of the hurdle that keeps you from taking that step, there might be somebody here going, Ryan, I'm, I'm willing. I just didn't even know you guys needed any help. Look like you have every area covered. Right? For you, a hurdle might be, man, I don't feel like my potential is very big. I feel a lot like that little apple seed. I don't feel like God could do much with what I have. I don't feel like my gift is worthy. Maybe a hurdle for you, and it's probably a hurdle for a lot of us. Can I be real? Man, I don't have the time. I mean, I work and, and home and projects and kids and homework with kids and school and, and, and extracurricular. I don't know. I mean, I can't do another part-time job. Can I? relieve the stress for a moment and tell you, I don't need you to commit to a part-time 20 hour week job. It could be as simple as saying, I'm willing once a month for one gathering a month for an hour-ish of time. We've got tons of opportunities that fit within that time requirement that you can make a huge difference in the mission of the church. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know how many of you are, are involved or not? I don't know what the hurdle is that stands in front of you, but the first thing I'm gonna ask you to do, because I wanna make this super practical, is to take a step today, to take a step. And this is, there's two different ways that you can do this. And the first one is this. And I, I literally, as I say this, I'm hoping you will all 
reach into the back of the seat in front of you and about every seat or every other seat is a little card that just looks like this. Just grab the card. It doesn't mean you're gonna fill it out necessarily right away. I just want you to grab the card and hold it in your hand. Just simple step, just hold it in your hand. If you're a technologically advanced individual with your phone, you've downloaded the church app, there's a second way that you can do this other than the card, which is to open up the church app on your phone or you can go to a website and a, and a, and a browser on your phone, grove.church, click connect, and you'll see what's called find your team. You can also sign up digitally for it. Now here's the key, a couple things I want you to know and I'm gonna tell you what you can do with this because I actually wanna take a few minutes to walk through a survey of the different potential areas and teams that you could join. Because we usually highlight some of the main ones that function all the time, but there's tons of different ones and maybe those main ones you don't resonate with. But I wanna give you a survey of what that is. But I simply want you to hold this and the key is, as at the end I'm gonna ask you to write in your name write in your contact information if you're not serving somewhere and write in a couple of these areas as we go through that you might want more information on. If you fill this out and turn it in, it doesn't automatically sign you up. I don't have your social security number. I don't have your bank account information. It doesn't automatically sign you up and next week you're put on a team and serve. It just simply is a way for you to say, listen, I get it. I'm called to be a part of the body. I'm interested to find out more information on what it would mean what the time requirements would be, what areas there are. That's all it means. So you're not signing yourself up, you're signing yourself up to find out more information, okay? I wanna go through some of these areas with you. In fact, I got uh, as an exhaustive a list as I could think of. I hope I didn't miss something, but I wanna put it on the board and I wanna talk through different ones of them, okay? Just opportunities, not just what it is, but I wanna give you some of the why behind it. We need help in Grove Kids. I'm telling you right now, Grove Kids is crushing it. They operate at 9.45 and 11 a.m. Those are the two gatherings. Right now, we can't offer Grove Kids at 8.30 just simply we don't have enough volunteers. Right, maybe it's an area that you're like, yeah, I like kids, let's do it. You might be like, I don't know. I like kind of giving my kids so I can get some time on my own. But I'll tell you what, Grove Kids, uh, between 9.45 and 11 a.m., Wednesday, uh, Wednesdays, they have Connect 2-3 second and third graders and Connect 4-5 uh, fourth and fifth graders. Just in the last couple months, they have seen somewhere between 10 and 20 kids raise their hand and say yes to Jesus for the very first time. Kids are learning to worship. Kids are learning to be evangelistic and invite their friends. It's a trait, evangelism, reaching out to people, inviting them to come, inviting them to come to church. I wish us as adults would capture what they have. They're taking binders of information home from Connect 2, 3, and 4, 5 with homework in it. And I got parents emailing going, I don't know what you guys are doing over there. My kids are coming home going, we're ready to do this. I can't get them to do their regular homework, but they want to study the Bible. They want to memorize their verse. They want to be ready for next Wednesday. There's incredible things happening in Grove Kids, and we need your help. They want to launch a brand new, Nick mentioned it a few weeks ago, a special needs class right, to, to create incredible sensory environments for kids that need that extra special environment. They've got the ideas, they've got the funding, they've got everything ready to go except the bodies to make it happen and the volunteers that would step up and say, man, I could serve in that area. I wanna ask you, if you're a parent, I'm gonna be bold, if you're a parent that checks in a child into Grove Kids, whether it's in nursery, up through fifth grade, and you're not serving somewhere yet, if none of these other areas really jump out to you and resonate with you, would you be a parent in partnership with us, with your children? Would you run, not walk to Adrian, to Brittany, to Caitlin, to write on that card? I can give one gathering once a month to help make sure that this generation of kids are invested into it. And I promise you, you will get way more out of it than you feel like you'll give. It's worth it. Host team, greeters, ushers, parking team, security, Maybe one of those things resonates with you. 
I love Schmitty when he's on there talking about the parking team. You might look at parking team in summer and go, sign me up. You may look at parking team in the fall and winter and go, yeah, right. But can I tell you something? I love what he said. Catch this. You have a very small amount of time to make a first impression, don't you? We all know that, that that phrase is true. You have a very small amount of time to make a first impression. The first impression that a family or an individual has with the Grove Church, other than maybe checking out the website beforehand, but on a day that they come to visit, it's not when they walk through the doors in the lobby. It's not when they hear the amazing worship team. It's not when they hear a message being preached. It's not when they check their kids into Grove Kids. It's when they drive on to the lot. And I love that those guys and gals are willing to go out there in the inclement weather to make that first experience, that first impression of power. I can't even begin to tell you how important that is. Grove Youth, maybe you have a heart for students. Pastor Jesse and Joy are crushing it. They're doing incredible things with students and youth. I had a huge heart. I was a youth pastor for many years. Sometimes I wish I could go back to being a youth pastor. I, I miss it, I really earnestly do. There's something about working with that age and the pressures that they go through. We were all teenagers for the most part in this room at one point. For some of us, it was a little while longer ago than it is for some of us. But the pressures they go on, I am so grateful that social media didn't exist when I was in junior high and high school. Boy, there'd be some stuff out there that you could never get rid of, right? They need people to come around and just be there for them. Give them an encouraging word, have fun. They'll open up to you and ask, just build a relationship. Maybe that's an area. If that's, if that's you, write that down as an area that you'd like to find out more information on. Robin said this on the video, media and tech. Right, the idea of cameras and, and running pro presenter, it takes a lot to make gatherings happen. The video that Evan put together, maybe you're good with, uh, you've got a gift of um, um, graphic design or photography, right? Maybe you'd like to jump into that world. Evan's like, man, I will take as many people as I can get. You don't have to be trained or perfectly know it yet, you can be trained into it. So don't let that be a hurdle. Worship team with Hunter, right? Be a part, maybe you're a musician or a singer and you have talent. Right? There's, there's a level that, you know, that you've got to do an audition to get through there. But if you've got that talent and you've just been waiting in the wings going, I don't know if they need me. Man, uh, they probably got enough people. Come on, we want you to be on our team. Maybe it's sound production. We call it AVL, audio, visual, and lighting. It all plays in. And Nathan, uh, you know, our production director, would love to have you on the team and have you jump in. If you're interested in that, write that in that little line at the bottom of your card. Let me talk through a few more. Our online campus. Some of that tech goes into making online possible for those that either aren't ready to come back or they can't make it here yet. From cameras to, to all the different things that happen behind the scenes that you guys never even see. If that's an area of interest for you to make that happen, it is a campus for us. It is, it is a group of people who meet regularly. They chat in the comment sections, they engage. They're not just watching something on TV at home. And in fact, if you're watching online, I wanna petition you. You might think, well, I'm at home so I can't jump in. This must not apply to me at all. That's not true. There are different ways that you at home, and maybe you're in the boat where you're saying, I can't come back yet, I'm not ready to be back yet, I can't, I got some physical stuff or some health stuff that I just can't do that. There are things that you can do remotely. And, and Eli's gonna drop that in the comment section is the link to find your team. And you can write in there more information and those guys can get a hold of you and show you there are things you could do from home. Or maybe you're saying, man, I'm at home because I'm not ready for hundreds of people in an auditorium yet, but you'd be okay with a couple people in a room. You can still come on Sundays and help make online happen if that's you. So take that step. We have our kitchen, Teresa, and different things, meals that we provide. In fact, one of the things that I wanna highlight is we do a meal for the homeless once a month and partner with the Salvation Army just down the street from us. Maybe you've got the gift 
right? I mean, you see all throughout the New Testament, they gathered around breaking bread together, something about a meal, something about helping. If that's you, she would love your help in that area. I'm gonna jump from that because there's another way that you could use that gift. If, you, if you're a cook or if you like that kind of stuff, I love it that Michelle Resitar said what she said on the video. She was the individual that talked about that she has a heart for the homeless because she's got homeless in her family. We start a brand new thing that launches Tuesday night of this week called The Neighborhood. Just down the street at the Historical Society building by Jennings Park. And it will happen every single Tuesday night. And it's basically a church service that we call Dinner Church. We call it The Neighborhood, but it's basically for people that would never darken the doors of a church, either because it's too intimidating to come but they're, they're, they're curious about things of faith. Maybe they've been hurt by the church or maybe something, something's keeping them from coming here. This is a, a kind of a, an opportunity to go provide kind of a gathering and, a, and, and, and a, a dinner every single Tuesday night for those individuals. And maybe that's you and you wanna jump onto that team, whether to help with food or you just have a heart like Michelle does to see people find Jesus who other words might not ever come to church. Couple more. I know I'm going fast, but I just wanna give these to you. Right, maybe you're a barista. Maybe you've got a background in, in, in preparing coffee. Krista and her team would love you to jump into the espresso connection, the coffee connection area, the espresso. And in fact, when the new lobby's built, that area is gonna be even bigger and dedicated space to coffee and seating and things like that. If that's an area of gift for you, jump in. We got life group leaders, right? We're just jumping back into a season of life groups after I have to take off for a year and a half because of COVID. But jumping back, life groups are groups that meet in homes three times, three different uh, uh, trimester system throughout the year, fall, winter, and spring. Willing to open up your home and say, man, I'll have people come in. And incredible things happen in the context of a life group through relationships and discipleship. If that's an area you're interested in, maybe write that in there. Three more and I'm done. I love how 1 Corinthians 12 says the gift of helps. Right, he's listing the different, some of the different areas that you can be gifted. Another translation, I think I stopped and says the gift of administration. Maybe you've got an administrative gift. And maybe you've got time throughout midweek. Maybe you don't have a job that's nine to five Monday through Friday and you wanna come in and find, we've got plenty of stuff that you could help with the office and use your gift to further the mission forward. The last two, events. We do events throughout the year. I love Kristen on the video. She's already given you the pitch. In fact, I told her, I said, you said on the video about Carnival and that you could call her. I was about to put her number up on the screen so you could all blow her up and text her. I told her that, right? Five, 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 five. Just kidding, right? But the idea like events, Carnival is the closest one we have coming up. It's one of the biggest outreaches we do to our community simply to provide a safe space for kids and families to come as an alternative to kind of the crazy stuff that has to do with Halloween takes hundreds of volunteers to make that happen. I would love for every one of you to write down on that card interested in, in, in how I could help with Carnival. But we got other events throughout the year. Last one. Maybe you've got a gift in construction or building or working with your hands. There's three individuals that I'll call out. There are many more names that I could, but for time's sake, three individuals who anytime we call and have a request, a stage design, we need shelving built for storage downstairs, You've got guys like Brian Mahler who will step up that has a gift in doing that. And when we were on that rooftop for all of those you know, months out in the inclement weather, whether it was super hot or raining and snowing, that roof structure overneath that, uh, above that stage, actually Josh helped with that as well, is to build that for us. Right, you've got John Otto, who for as many years as I can remember, been here way longer I think than I've been alive, just kidding, been here for a lot of years, but always willing to come and help build something because he's got that gift. 
being on an iHeart team and building a, a, a cement ramp into somebody's house so they have access with a wheelchair. Maybe you've got that gift. Dave Faber, at any point in time, asking to build something that we need for something, he's willing to come and do that. I simply try to give you a survey to say this. Hopefully you have a card in your hand, or maybe you're on the app, or maybe you're on the website, but I'm gonna ask you to take a step and write down your information, contact information, write in a few areas of interest that you want to be involved in. And like Josh said on the video at the end, I couldn't say it better than myself. Like that boy who had nothing, Jesus is teaching thousands of people on a hillside and they're all hungry. And all he's got is a little boy, a few loaves of bread, a few fish. Sometimes we feel like our gift has not a lot of potential, like that seed. I don't know what I could do to give, but like that boy willing to give just a few fish and a few loaves, watch what God will do with your faithfulness because he'll take the little and he'll do the supernatural. And so write your name, write some areas of interest. Remember, you're not signing up. You're not signing your life away on the dotted lines for more information. And when you leave today, drop that in the bins that the host team are hold, holding on the way out or submit that uh, uh, kind of form on find your team. I need you, we need you. We're picking you to be on our team. God has chosen you to do this and we can't reach our potential as a church without you. Amen? Let me pray. God, we thank you. We know that you intelligently designed everything, including how the church should operate. It's not a building. It's not an organization. It's us on mission together. God, I pray for each person who is here that they would earnestly consider while holding that card or on that app how they could jump in and be used by you. Whatever hurdle is stopping them, whether it's comfort zone or I don't have a gift or where can I help or I, whatever it is that's stopping them, God, would you speak to their heart like these individuals that we would be bold enough just to simply take a step and watch what you do with it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.